Going live in five, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It? A film podcast to get lost with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts. We're not going to be critics. We're not going to throw any sort of number ranking system at the end. We're literally just two people that watched a movie and just asked, so did you like it? Like, we don't have any knowledge. We just want to know if we had fun. We're just going to talk about that. I'm Sir Square, and joined as always with my co-host. Watashi wa Kamen Rider no Kazdesu. I was not prepared for this, okay? You cannot just sneak that in. Like, no, stop. Like, everything needs to stop real quick. Uh, I believe that translates to I'm the masked writer, cuz. That's amazing. I just wasn't prepared for you to just pull out that, like, just insane... Just coincidentally, this is 100% a big galactic universe coincidence. My Duolingo happened to catch up to just this week. I'm able to uh, have learn possessive words. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned that one all on my own, baby. Oh, man. I'm just so... That's incredible. Amazing. And Thank you. Look, now, if anyone knows Japanese, you can tell me how horrible my pronunciation was and how I sound like a weird Texas hick. You could also do that too. Make sure you ask them on Twitter at cause the hero. Uh, the hero on Twitter. Oh, I'm not cool. Yes. Oh no, it's at cause the mediocre. <laughs> Sorry, Tucker. Tucker, bleep out the first one. Just put this one in. <laughs> Just keep putting it in throughout the episode so people can know which Twitter to go to to keep telling them this stuff. <laughs> now I'm just imagining. So like, yeah, go to. Twitter.com. <laughs> Cause the mediocre. Uh, so, look, this is one of those times where I have to come to you guys. Anyone who listens to this podcast, I have to come to you guys and say, I'm sorry. Look, I said we would watch a film called Two on a Gu- Guillotine, which I'm pretty sure that was called. Um, and that was supposed to be this week. Someone had recommended it to us. We put it down. We were going to watch it. But something happened. All right. Kaz went on vacation. And, you know, that's no dis on Kaz. Kaz deserved that vacation. <laughs> but whenever I'm left to my <laughs> devices, I always make choices that end up kind of why? Uh, I sat down with a friend and checked out this film called Shin Masked Rider or Shin Common Rider uh, by Hideaki Anno, written by Hideaki Anno. Same uh, writer and director of the film Shin Godzilla, which we did last year. And as soon as this film started, I was like, Shh, I should have been watching this with Kaz. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so as soon as Kaz got back from England and I asked him if he was still down to do uh, an episode this week, I was like, look, can I change the movie? Like, I'm so sorry, but I have to change the movie. Like, we need to watch this movie. I so just imagine you're watching it with, like, your friend or whatever. And, like, you know, whatever, you guys are still having a good time. And at the end of it, he's just like, that was a good movie. And you're like, yeah, whatever. Cool. Kaz would have like enjoyed it more. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my friend still really enjoyed it, and I would still would have ha- loved to have him there, like as we watch this movie. But like, but do he pop off like Kaz though? Oh my gosh, man! This movie pops off. Look, I, I don't, I both Kaz and I went into this with no idea anything about Common Rider. Like we knew that Common Rider was like a masked person series, like from the seventies. Like we knew, like it was like other. Uh, productions from japan like super sentai you know where they had like transformation sequences and everything um Uh but we didn't know anything else zero knowledge about the common rider universe here's what i where i'm gonna show my whole ass um as a child my dad was super into all the godzilla movies the really really old ones so we used to watch the old godzilla movies now i can only remember some of them here and there i remember like fucking mecha Ghidorah was the shit you give me like a a fucking three-headed dragon and then you make one of his heads a machine, I'm in. But um I always confused Kamen Rider with Jet Jaguar, which is a giant basically robot sentai looking man who used to help Godzilla in some of the movies. So when you said like, Oh yeah, what do you know about Kamen Rider? It's like, I don't know, he's like a Jet Jaguar looking guy. I think he fights like monsters or something. And you're like, perfect, you know nothing. <laughs> yeah, and because, like, honestly, 
You said Jet Jaguar. I was like, I don't know who that is, so I feel like that's enough knowledge. Um, I seriously have looks, no idea. He looks like he would be uh, probably a villain or like a one-episode, like, you know, uh, helpful character or, you know, psychic character for like... Um, I... Okay, you have my attention. I would love to check this out. <laughs> Look, this movie made me want to just dive into all of Common Rider's lore, then watch all of Super Sentai, and then maybe jump into American Power Rangers again. That may be a mistake. You might run into, like, a Gundam situation where it's like, oh, I'm going to go watch the original, and you're going to be like, whoo, boy, this is going to get good, right? <laughs> okay, that's true. There would probably be some Common Riders where I'd look it up and, like, listen to uh, like fans that would say like look you sure. could just read the description and you'll know what happened I just sent you a picture of what Jet Jaguar looks like alright I'll look at some Jet Jaguar guys you're getting a live reaction right now this is this is happening in the moment this is really just a show I, I love him yeah he's just, he's just a goofy little guy he's but a honestly, goofy well, little guy he, Can I say I he's a little guy he's the size of like you know all the monsters that Godzilla fought God, I would love an episode if, like, BBC partnered with, uh, who does this? Like, Toei? I think Toei did. I think so, yeah. I think it's this, Toei. like, if they got together and tried to make an old style of both these, this character and Doctor Who, and they fought each other out Star Trek style, I would watch the shit out of that. Like I said, he's the size of Godzilla and all the people he fights. <laughs> he just looks like a guy standing in the desert because he probably was, or at least a set, but... <laughs> But nah, no, nah, they can make a disbelief. This man is the size of buildings. No, this they can make him smaller. It was a small jet jaguar. Little guy. Okay. Little okay. guy. Yeah, why not? We have a TARDIS. We could shrink him or something. Why not? I don't know why I'm going along with this idea. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> because it works, okay? Just like sometimes let me, me have was, my moments. All you told me was this movie was uh, based in the Shin Godzilla universe. Or at least they have a shared universe. It's like a shared movie series. Like, this this movie does not happen at, like, like in the same universe that uh, Shin Godzilla happens. Like, obviously, like, they're not just glossing over the fact that Tokyo got just fucking ravaged by this insane, ever-evolving nuclear creation. But it's what it is, is, like, Hideaki Yano wants to take every known sci-fi series that Japan is like, it's, it's like part of their history, including his own Neon Genesis Evangelion, and create this like Shin version of them, like a whole new reimagining of their origins and uh, what they can do and their story to fit like his writing style. Because like in all of these films, it feels like Hideaki Anno. Like, it's... He both loves and hates humanity at the same time, and you can just feel it just in this film as well. But you don't really have to worry about that, because he's still here to have a lot of fun. Like, you have to understand that Kamen Rider is like a television series, so all of the story is contained in like an episodic form, and I don't even know how many episodes they would go for a season. But that's like a distinctive storytelling style. So Hideaki Anno took the challenge of trying to tell an entire season's worth of stories in two hours. It feels like it sometimes. It By the end of it, it does feel like it's longer, but it just feels like... I feel like it only feels that way because you're just kind of exhausted by the end of it. That's not quite what I meant. I mean that, like... At points, it feels a little hard to keep up with because we jump from, like, villain of the week to villain of the week within, like, minutes. And it's like, yeah, we're just like, all right, well, that person died. Or, like, we'll have a scene. There's, like, epic shit happening, cool set piece. And then we just cut to, like, a bunch of bureaucrats. And we're like, all right, well, that one's down. Hey, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Which I... Honestly, I, when I was doing some more research on this movie, I read some articles with uh, people saying that was kind of a problem too. Like, some of, apparently, some of the joy in watching *Common Rider* is watching the episodes leading up to the fight because you get to see the villains be villains. And when it was put that way, like I have to agree. And like you said, like it just jumps around from set piece to set piece. None of the villains actually get to stay long enough to make 
an impact beyond just their design. Like, the funny one that I'm alluding to is, like, the scorpion lady has this badass intro. She's sitting in a car or a limo or whatever, talking some mad shit. The big government suits come to go take her down. They got, like, an army of people with guns and shit. And she's just laughing it up. She doesn't take any of it seriously. Sends her henchmen. She just casually walks down like a badass down, like, a hallway while they're all, like, killing each other. Finally, she's surrounded by a whole, like, bunch of them. Like, like a whole bunch of agents. And she's just, like, kind of laughing. I was like, well... Looks like now this is going to have to be, like, interesting, or now I'm going to actually have to fight. And then we cut to, like, uh, our guys in vans just watching the whole thing, and you hear her just kind of, like, laughing for a bit, and then you just, like, end gunfire, and you hear, like, ah, whatever. And you're like, I can't tell. Is she enjoying, like, the killing and all that stuff? Because she's so badass in that scene. Surely there's no way they have a chance of taking her down. And they're like, oh, good, she's dead now. Hey, how are you doing, Kamen Rider? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just the uh, watching those two bureaucrats like emotionless staring at the screen while you just hear the scorpion villain just being riddled with bullets screaming <laughs> in pain. It's just like scorpion neutralized. <laughs> like it really weird, but sorry, I just wanted to say like it just really showed its connection to the filmmaker as well as like his portrayal of the world because it felt just like shin godzilla in that moment where it was just like big destruction back to just like conference room where we need to talk about what just happened i was gonna say i'm not as familiar with his work outside of shin godzilla and evangelion and even then i've only seen like the show i've never seen any of the movies um but i would i would say that like that the level of flippancy in which they just killed her and went on to like, all right, what are we doing now? Kind of thing did feel like it was uh, reminiscent of the other two. Yeah, really did. It's just, it's, I, I have a, I don't know where to start with this movie though. That's the problem. Before we move on from the scorpion lady, I do have one weird pedantic uh, issue that I bring up with movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. See, here's the thing. Maybe if it gets explained to me, because I always think that surely they that the, no no agency or military teaches this, but you see it in every movie, and I feel like it would be dangerous. But every movie does it, where it's like we've surrounded the villain, we all have guns, or we surrounded the good guy, whoever. They surround somebody. We all have guns. We're all pointing at them in the middle, which means we're facing someone uh, towards someone else on our side who has a gun. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's bad strategy. It looks cool, I guess, but like... That's some every serious time I see that, I always think to myself, someone's going to shoot. Someone's going to shoot someone like on their team. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be friendly fire. But like, I don't know. Is that a real thing? It can't be a real thing. <laughs> Friendly fire? Well, no, just that formation of everyone. Let's circle around them with a gun and face <laughs> towards Oh, the no, that has to be just a TV show, like, dramatic thing. Like, people can't do that. Like, in, like, every TV and movie. Like, that can't work. Like, the risks you're taking in that situation are just too much. Too much. <laughs> like, I can understand a semicircle. Because even if they run backwards, where are they going to go, you know? But a full circle, like, you're just asking to kill, like, a friend here. Actually, exactly. I have something else to say about the scorpion lady. And it also ties into the bat auger, or aug, whatever he is. The bat augmentation guy. The bat auger sounds like Bruce Wayne trying to, like, peddle some kind of, like, <laughs> tool that you would see on, like, an infomercial. <laughs> Billy Mays here with the bat auger. The bat auger is today's uh, home kitchen appliances. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Why didn't they get masks? Because a big thing in this movie is like all these characters have some pretty dope masks. But those two? No. And like you can tell the scorpion lady couldn't have a mask because she's got like a semi-live scorpion on her head? Big fuck-up articulated <laughs> scorpion coming out of her head. Or maybe it was her hair. The tail moves, and every time she, like, clicks her claw hand, the claw hand on the scorpion also clicks closed? Or I 
fucking forgot she had lobster hands. Yeah, she had a lobster hand. Or a scorpion hand. A scorpion pincer. Pince, pince. You know? It was so red. It was very How could red. I not think lobster? I don't have an answer to that because, like, I... Like, I'm about to Did Google. our main villain have a mask? The main villain? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just remember seeing that pretty face and his long, flowing, luscious hair. Dude, I love uh, that fucking main villain. I thought he was amazing. Yeah, there are red scorpions, but, like, their, their claws are not as red as that claw. Oh, wait, never mind. There we go. <laughs> Found one. All right. Then. All right, guys, don't worry. Shin Master Rider is scientifically accurate with its coloring for insects. We're fine. I know we were all worried there for a is. second. We were all scared. But I got you. I got your back. And then the bat guy, I guess you'd have to get a very specific mask. Plus, he wasn't wearing much of anything. He was just pants. That's not an excuse, though. Because remember, like, the, the main bad guy, he's the butterfly og. So, like, when he gets, like, injected with his prana power, which we'll get into it. I'm sorry. I know this is a lot. We'll get into it. His face splits open, and that, like, butterfly, like, nectar, like, con- like collecting organ, like, comes out of his, <laughs> or appendage, like, comes out of his head. And yet he's still able to put a mask on. What is that called? Like a proboscis or something? Yeah, proboscis. Um... Thank okay, you. but it's easy to just, like, you know, drill a hole in a helmet. And plus, if you're the main bad guy and you're, like, in charge of this big fuck-off evil organization, yeah, okay, you'll probably get special concessions. Apparently the Butterfly Og is one of the strongest Ogs there are because butterflies are divine creatures and blue butterflies are the messengers of gods. Sure. Hey, man, I'm just talking like the main villain here. I can't do it as eloquently and charming as him. Because even the way this man just, like, pulls his uh, his robe up to the side a little bit so he can cross his legs, then just dramatically, like, recloses his robe, mm-hmm. I just want that energy in my life, you know? I, I want to be that confident in my just, like, bearing. I don't want to have an insane plan of sending everybody to some sort of, like, soul zone of, like... Actually, I don't even know how bad it really was. Yeah. They said it was a living hell, but it just yeah, kind of no sounded proof. like a No one came back. Movement. We didn't have like a Houdini thing where he was like, I'll die, and then I swear I'll come back and tell you how it was. But yeah, okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, Houdini. Yeah. Then someone uh, fucking sucker punches yeah, like, him. I don't, where is he? Like, it, I don't think like this zone they were going to go to was like a whole event horizon situation where they were just seeing a different version of hell. Like, It kind of seemed like a cool... It's just like hearts roam naked, so it's like, so no one's allowed to lie in that dimension wild but to a government agent i can see why that would be like hell for see them. you say that he had nice eloquent monologues but i'm i'm so i was so like doing like that fucking jerk off motion with my hand every time <laughs> someone said like now this maybe this is a cultural thing that i'm missing but everyone's like oh but pain and pleasure or or happiness are just one oh one, i love that one pen stroke no. away or whatever that was so the great. The kanji is oh so close. Gosh. It's only one stroke difference. And I'm like, that would be like me I saying, like, oh. slaughter is one letter away from the word laughter. So you should just and- go around killing people and go, ah, the whole time. <laughs> oh, Because my they're gosh. so close to each other, those words. Hey, man, I'm allowed, I'm allowed to laugh at things in my life, okay? <laughs> and when that line happened, like, they're just, like, dramatically, like, saying that i was like yes this is like live action anime stuff that i'm living for right now a real person is right now saying these lines and i can see a real human saying these lines and it is just oh it's so beautiful just, that is some cringe stuff i, I just, just need. feel like that's some teenagers like myspace profile that they just like i discovered something <laughs> so deep and profound you guys you won't believe oh yeah it. let me see let me see the uh the so, let me see some like Japanese teenagers early 2000 MySpace page. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're just playing a Japanese cover of like 30 Seconds to Mars as their song that oh, plays don't when even. you just like, you know, show up. <laughs> I want oh, to look Google now to see if there's a Japanese yeah, cover. Yeah, I'm of over here just like it's just like Japanese cover of the kill by oh, 30 God. Seconds to Mars. Tucker. 
Uh, if it exists, play us out on that. If it doesn't exist, I need you to do it from scratch. Please I need you to sing it. the kill oh in Japanese. Tucker here. Uh, I, I This doesn't exist, and I don't think I could do it. I, I feel like if I tried, you'd all make fun of me or get mad at me because I can't speak Japanese, and I shouldn't try. Uh, I'm going to get an all-caps text, and then you guys are going to talk about Fast and the Furious. I know it. Yeah, basically. Look, my my... My problem with this idea of having Tucker do this is just like, so this is how you want to make Tucker live that like real life Yakuza experience from the video games? Just make him do karaoke of Japanese yes. covers to 30 Seconds to Mars? Oh, I want to see that now. Look, if someone has this like music video or this like information <laughs> or this song, please send it to me. Like We'll drop our socials at the end of the episode. Please send it to me. I want this so bad now. Because look, when I saw Bullet Train, I loved every single cover yes. of like 70s disco songs. It was amazing. So to hear a cover of 30 Seconds to Mars, yes. I want to know what this is like. Uh, wow, I can't believe your bit made me want something <laughs> I never knew I wanted. <laughs> Let's go back to wacky costumes. Uh, I gotta say, but hands down, my favorite one was the Wasp Lady. I think uh, the yellow and black one was a good look. Not to mention uh, the helmet, uh, and then she has like a kimono that went along, looked great with uh, the the fucking like costume she had. And then the helmet even looked accommodated for her little pigtails. It was awesome. That was my favorite. Yeah, one. I I felt a lot of Kill Bill vibes with her character. Which means to say, I felt a lot of the things that inspired Kill Bill <laughs> in her character. Yeah, um, I loved the way she like held herself and like how she was trying to play that like again, just that like we all know that anime character who just like sh- they don't see people as more than toys, so like their reactions to things are so like just weird, you know? Like she, they don't have like normal emotional reactions just more yeah, like she's emotionally disconnected playful emotional reaction yeah emotionally disconnected in all in every every way you know and i loved how she portrayed it like this actress did a great job with her role yeah and then uh man like at the end because uh, cabin rider never seems to fight uh women at all like he or he chooses not to like kill them well he'll kill a bunch of dudes um but he doesn't kill women and at the very end we get like the main lady character, I don't know any other names, kind of saying how she doesn't want to kill the wasp lady. And she's like, I don't have any friends. I don't know what I would do if I weren't doing this, if you don't kill me. and But they have like a, a moment where it's like, okay, even that said, they're still not going to. So, and then the agents come in, like, hey, yeah, sorry, I know you guys have, like, a conscience or whatever. Anyways, and then just shoot. <laughs> Which was probably I the love right that. thing to do. It was. She wanted, she was proving that she could create an entire hive mind system with humans. Yeah. Like, she could fully control a, like, small population on her own. Yeah, and as I mentioned... She doesn't know what she would do with herself if she wasn't doing evil shit. Yeah, she just, at this point, because of Shocker, that, and, like, I'm not saying Shocker, like, the, like I'm about to surprise y'all with a sarcastic comment or something like that. No, the name of this organization is Shocker. Oh, wow. And... Baron doesn't have a sarcastic comment. Shocker. The evil organization is called Shocker, and they explain the whole acronym, like what what all of it means, because it's it's a it's an acronym or something like that. And uh, they ex- she's so lost to this like organization now. Like, what else does she have? Yeah, yeah. Her whole character is like the mission, like Shocker's mission objective, mm-hmm. in her own twisted way. Which, I'm not going to lie, I've heard this argument before. Like, would humans be happier if they were just controlled by, like, a hive mind entity? Uh, that's, yeah, that's what every boring villain does. Like, I was saying this when I was watching someone play uh, a game. I don't know how far you are in the game, so I won't say anything. But every, uh, <laughs> every 
villain who's like the all-knowing, all-powerful are all so boring because it's always the same thing where it's like, I'm protecting humanity by give, taking away their free will. And I'm just so tired of it. Like, is that the, really the best that the, an almighty, like, uh, intelligence can come up with? I don't know. At this point, it's just like, why don't you just give everybody telepathy? Because at that point, like, you have to have empathy. You can't hide shit anymore at that point. Well, I, yeah, I would like to um, talk about Shocker because, like I said, the name is called Shocker, and then they explain what Shocker stands for because it's an acronym. And I was like, man, y'all work backwards from the name. Y'all just thought of the name first. Or y'all thought, oh, Shocker sounds cool as shit for our evil bad guy organization. What does it mean? Uh, and so they yeah let's let's use this to like talk about the organization and maybe circle back to the beginning of the film so we could maybe actually talk about like what the fuck's going on the organization is called shocker which means sustainable happiness organization with computational knowledge embedded remodeling no 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 it is not named that you're totally you're lying to me that cannot be the name of this organization they said it in the movie and i'm i'm looking at the wiki right now apparently in the common writer the first they had shocker but it was called sacred hegemony of cycle kindred evolutionary realm which sounds uh yes that sounds rad as shit Whatever you just read before. That sounds like it makes somewhat more sense, but still not great. And it says, in Kamen Rider, the name Shocker is also an acronym, this time standing for Sustainable Happiness Organization with Computational Knowledge Embedded in Realm. Remodeling, sorry. This is such a Hideaki Anno movie. It's so jerk-off. <laughs> oh my god. I love it so much. So that's why they keep talking about it. like, oh, we're making everyone happy. The happiness. Oh. Remember, we're taking, we're, 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 it's one stroke away. There's no pain. Well, there might be pain, but you know, there's also happiness. And I guess hive mind, whatever bullshit. Yeah, there you go. That's how you do it. What makes this even more of a Hideaki Anno movie is the fact that the creator of this organization was a billionaire who spent all of his money creating an AI system to to find a sustainable plan. For happiness for all humans on Earth, with a robotic companion to be its eyes and ears on in the world, so it can get more information, calls itself the Sustainable Happiness Organization of what embedded with computational knowledge with embedded remodeling. That yeah, what Kaz said. <laughs> And then what did that billionaire go and do right after that? Didn't he, like, wasn't he depressed by what he had created? He was depressed by what he had created, the fact of what the world, where the world was going to. And so he dramatically, you know, on his knees, told Kay their final mission, the robotic companion to I, the AI system he created, and then killed himself. Is there a not dramatic way to kill yourself? I guess pills and sleep. No, the dramatic part was that they did it in black and white, comparative to the other part of the film, because every mm. other part of the film's in color, except for wait, wait, wait. Any flashback is flat, black and white. Actually, they are dramatic in their black and white flashback. They showed the part where he offed himself. Yeah, I must have gotten up to make a drink. Then I never. Saw yeah, that. no, he is like on. He's like by a cliffside or by a beach, looking out in the ocean. He's on his knees, tells Kay the plan, and then shoots himself in the head. <laughs> ow, ow, and you're ow. just kind of like watching it as it happens. And like this happens in the first 15 minutes of the movie, I think. And yet there's still the sustainable happiness. <laughs> I can't. I just, I can't. He killed himself. Was like, yeah, hey, this is a fucked up burden a thing that I made. Anyways, it's on you, daughter. Bye. Not daughter, just on you. Uh world because i don't think he had kids this billionaire that other guy uh the doctor at the beginning of the film what was his name i think it was like morikawa i was almost worried when you first showed us the movie because uh our first bad guy is spider themed yes the spider og and yes his name is dr uh midorikawa uh, he works for the organization, at first believed in the organization, then straight up was like, af because he believes in the organization because his wife was murdered, 
and then gets disillusioned by the organization when he realizes his own son is about to just off the entire world for his own world version of happiness, which is fine for I because in I's perspective as this like AI, like it, by the logical arguments that this man is put in front of it, yeah, this is world happiness, and it'll be completing its objective. Wait, why is he upset with the organization that his son acting a bitch? Uh, because it wasn't the original dream he had planned for the happiness of humans, and he was he had lost all of his power basically within the organization, and had no way of like fighting his own son besides creating oh, okay. uh, the grasshopper Og, who came who became the masked rider, uh, to hopefully take him down. Which I mean. Not the best plan? So we have good guy scientists who believed in the idea of happiness for everyone. How did he think it was going to go down? What did he think was going to happen? I don't know. He just was like, this dude, he came in and created the augment program. Like, this dude is the reason why they were augmenting humans with insect DNA. Which, I'm not going to lie, it is a, I mean, cool concept. I know the arachnid at the beginning kind of freaked Kaz out, but by the time we get into it, it's like, this is wacky, zany, can't be fun. Yeah, no, you know, we, it's just we dive crazy. kick the shit out of that guy. He's over, dude. All the all the dive kicks in this movie make me so happy. The fact that Common Rider ends every fight with a dive kick, <laughs> it's beautiful. You would think it would get old, but it doesn't. It doesn't get old. You're like, oh shit! Like, wait, uh, hold on. Both of them are going to dive kick at the same time? Ah! Like, wait, are they going to dive kick at each other at the same time? What the fuck? Wait, did that dude just dive kick three other people dive kicking at him? It's amazing. It's great. Like Some say if you dive be. kick a dive kick, the world would just end. I mean, look, I think this is time for you and me to test it. World's not going anywhere anyway, so let's fucking do this. I don't think I have the form to dive kick. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I think my dive kicking days are behind me. Okay, so you know what I really like about this movie too? The fact I mean, that, that when people so die, funny. the people who use prana, which for people who are wondering what that word means, in this movie, like people don't have souls or mana or magic. They have this energy, this cosmic energy that flows within all living things called prana. And these augmented humans can feed off prana and use prana in their abilities. So they don't even have to eat. They just breathe in the life of other people and are sustained that way. I know. That sounds really metal, but that's just how yeah, we do Yeah, I was going to say, that here. concept sounds cool as shit, and I would like to explore that. But we don't do that here. We're not going to explore that. Nobody cares. Anyway... When people with prana die, their whole body foams up. Yes, foams up like sudsy, uh, soapy foam. And then just pops and dissolves into nothing. Except if your blood is, is outside your body. It stays blood. Which is, honestly, the most considerate way to get rid of a body. The fact that you have prepared yourself to just foam out of existence as soon as you die... You're really caring about the planet right there. You don't want anything happening. You could either get buried and let your nutrients be taken or make sure that like you don't do any more damage and just fade out of existence and stop messing up what's going on. It shows that deep down, these people really care, and I appreciate that. I think I even said during the movie, I was like, man, fuck that. I think when I die, I want dealing with my body to be the most inconvenient thing to whoever is around <laughs> me. I want them to be like, oh, <laughs> What am I gonna do about this? And then having <laughs> the worst time of it. I feel like I would inconvenience my people more than you by just making it inconvenient because I would just put in my will, make sure to foam me, and then however they figure that out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> by that, did they want him? To, did he want to be buried in styrofoam? Like, does does that mean he wants to be foamed so he could be put on gourmet dishes with that special Are we foam? Gonna Fill his bitch ass with moose? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever way they figure out. Foamy the squirrel. <laughs> That's an old one. Ah. Uh, oh, man. It is convenient, <laughs> but like I said, one point, um, Kamen Rider just like kicks the dive kicks the um, blood out of this man. 
which sounds way cooler than I'm describing it. Oh, than it actually was. But he dive kicks this man. He has blood on his shoe. The man foams up, but the blood remains. Blood remains. Once it has exited the body, it is no longer conditional to the foaming. The fomenting? That's not right. The fomenting? Yeah, it's was fomenting. Uh, you know what's... We, we, should we even... We haven't even talked about the main character. Or the... Or the... The two main characters. I love how we like we always do this, but like we should probably explain. Well, the main character of this film is uh, the grasshopper og. Like he is, his name is uh, Takeshi Hongo. He is uh, the common writer, and like the movie starts with him just becoming common writer. Like he's already common writer, and he doesn't even know what's going on, and punches people's faces in, and like explodes blood out of people's backs and all that it's great it's rad you're just like wow this is super violent at the beginning of this movie uh not really kind of prepared for that why would a guy who has no memory start punching and killing people he doesn't know his body's working on its own and that's when the doctor finally explains to him hey i know you had a tragic past so without your consent i signed you up for this crazy procedure and made you half grasshopper because you needed this power. Because you know you needed this power. He gaslit this dude so well. Yeah, I feel like there's certain um, ethical issues here, but <clears throat> I imagine in the grand scheme of the movie, we'll just gloss over that. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're going to have to. So uh, the doctor does die within the first 15 minutes because the first 15 minutes is the complete origin story for this character, and we can't waste time here. Uh, so it's just him and the doctor's daughter... Uh, Ruriko. Yeah. Uh, who are going to try to take down Shocker? Ruriko doesn't trust Hongo because Hongo is kind of you know he's a pacifist. He doesn't want to like kill people, and the mask makes him kill people. He doesn't want to kill people. You gotta understand, you know. That's just how it be sometimes. Yeah, I get it. Been there. But she is so ready to kill people. Like whatever has to be done, she's gonna get it done. Well, she's gonna try, but she has that. Pesky, malip- manipulatable prana in her. So, like, the only reason I wanted to explain this was because, like, you've got this character, and so for, like, most of this film, it's this character you're dealing with. And, like I said, it has to, but, but like I said at the beginning, it has to be an entire season in one movie. So you go half of this film where they he fights the spider og, the bat og, and the wasp og. And really starts cementing himself as, like, a tort of force of power. And then this movie's just like, all right, are you guys ready for Kamen Rider 2? Where we have the evil Kamen Rider take on Kamen Rider? Yeah. And that blew my mind. Like, as I was watching this movie, it felt like this is this is what Spider-Man 3 by Sam Raimi should have been. This is how it should have been done to be at least a pretty decent film, you know? Because you gotta have your evil your evil counterpart. But not overstuff your fil- film with too many villains. When this movie technically has... This movie has seven villains. And that's not including the locust uh, henchmen that they use at the end uh, before the final fight. I'm a little confused on that, that scene where they're trying to take them out. But we'll get to that. We'll circle back to that one. Um, but the fact that this movie just... Also throws in the, like, hey, evil common Rider subplot, like, right at you. And then resolves it again within 10 to 15 minutes. While also killing off a character and having major character development for two of the characters in this film. With one of them being someone just introduced 10 minutes ago. There's definitely a lot of the movie saying, asking you to just roll with it. And I did. Yeah, the- and I was happy with that. The part with like you Kamen Rider 2 2.0 or whatever um was like yeah he'd taken out the other one because I think he was pulling his punches and didn't want to kill him um so he took advantage of that while his legs are fucking broken and he's just there like just with like the, le- the these little prop legs that are turned the way <laughs> turned the other way <laughs> on the floor he's about ready to finish him off but we got our doctor lady who I think she's also mortally injured at the time or did that happen afterwards anyways she gets up and she's i guess able to put her hands around his head and unlock the 
programming, I guess, that's able to to take away, to give him back free will, I guess, and also give him just kind of flood him with like all the things that he had been doing up to that point. Mm-hmm. So with the power of immense guilt, I guess she's able to get him just like, oh man, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Also, though, I do feel bad for Ruriko because, like, the last thing she really has to watch before she dies is just watching Kamen Rider 1 with two broken legs just, like, crawl, like, so slowly and awkwardly to her through the pain. And, like, she just has to just watch. And, like, as this is happening, Kamen Rider 2 is kicking the shit out of this, like, mantis-chameleon hybrid auger. Uh... And then it would just cut back again to just like Common Rider, just like, eh, eh, I'm gonna get there, like tearing off his scarf to get to her to like try to like bind her wounds while just like, eh, eh. I'm just gonna say, like, there are a lot of things I would kind of, uh, there are a lot of things like, I, I, you know what? No. I don't think about the last thing I'm gonna see before I die. I'm just now gonna hope it's not that. Yeah. I think that's the way to, to put dramatic, it. But it was. <laughs> kind of funny <laughs> it just was fun i laughed i laughed both time i watched this, both times i watched this movie i felt bad but i was laughing so hard i mean like, the, i couldn't help the, it the legs fucking just turned around is just comedically it's, it's hilarious yeah it is so after Especially, uh, what do you what do you think about like the fact that after like ruriko dies like they set it up to where like common writer 2 just wants to be himself but, like, still joins Kamen Rider 1 in the, like, final fight to, like, defeat the Shocker organ Or this side of the Shocker organization. Or I guess I should just say Shocker since organization's in the title. ATM machine. Do you think um, it did that right? Uh, Honestly, when they introduced him and he was like, yeah, I'm going to go my own way. Not all, not much of a teamwork kind of guy. I thought they were kind of setting up for, like, a sequel or spinoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it was like, psych! I'm going with you. Yeah, it just... I remember when I was watching this with a friend, he was just like, I don't like this. I wanted him to go. Like, why Why does he have to be a part of this? Like, why can't he be his own character? He's now just turning into this character. Except I'm not going to lie. I do like Kamen Rider 2 more than I like Kamen Rider 1. And Kamen Rider 2, his name is Hayato Ichimonji. Ichimonji? Uh, he's just so much more charismatic. And he has these, like, little quirks to him and the way he responds that is just... So entertaining. Well, I mean, that's because our main guy has, like, the main guy problem where he's conflicted. I don't want to do this. I want peace and all that stuff. And, like, just tortured the whole time um, so he could be a dramatic character. Um, And the other guy just seems like he's got it a bit more figured out. And it's just more interesting. And, I mean, like, yes, Hongo does have his uh, trauma. Like, the trauma they're explained in this movie is that, like, his dad was a cop. Who died protecting a woman from being killed by you know, uh, someone assaulting her with a knife and that left him traumatized not because of what he did but because he was leaving his family behind and as he was dying the only things he could say to his son was repeating over and over are the victim and uh, assailant okay and so like he he has like a resentful feelings towards his dad because of that which like I I do understand that perspective because, like, when it's a family member and you're feeling abandoned like that, that feeling can grow to resentment. Like, I could understand that. I just don't know what it had to do with this movie because it was just like I can have I I I have my own way of doing things, but then he does end up sacrificing himself in this movie. So it's just like, does he now believe in what his dad does, or does does he think he did a different thing of what? than what his dad did instead yeah I, I, he has like a weird line too when explaining that also where he was like and i'm ending up just like my dad or doing things just like my dad except i actually have the power to stop things i'm like all right sorry your dad wasn't born or wasn't given like a fucking grasshopper augmentation yeah like it was one of Shit, i didn't man. understand its addition that part kind of bothered me i was just like what was the point of this like what actually what did what how did this add anything to the story i think i might just chalk that one up to another like cultural difference where it's like um 
maybe somewhere in the culture like this has a way more profound meaning to us <laughs> or to them. I can understand that. Yeah. It's just I like I connected more with uh, the bad guys flashbacks because you sh- it showed him as a young boy with all the memories and his perspective of his mom leading up to when she didn't come home because she got murdered. Like that, I was like, okay, this adds to his character. While I couldn't really connect with Hongo's flashbacks because it was just like, I don't, like, I know why you're mad at him, but you're still doing the same thing as yeah. him. I guess it's just a resentment that's a bit harder to to uh, relate to. Yeah, I can get that. I liked, uh, I liked his costume more, though. Problem is, the goddamn guy won't stop taking off his helmet! I don't know how Kamen Rider normally goes, like the show or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. It, it, it gave me, like, you know, big, you know, actor man who doesn't want to, you know, hide his face because, uh, you know, then people won't see him acting kind of thing. And so he wouldn't put the helmet on. And I was like, God damn, Carl Lobern would have put that mask on <laughs> and he would have refused to take it off. He would have been happy about it. He would have said, yes, please give me more. I'll wear they two sh- masks, three masks. They like they showed at the beginning is in a very dr- dramatic scene or very like fucked up looking scene where it's like yeah he's having to come to terms with the things he did the people he killed and then he tries taking the mask off and his face is all fucked up his eyes are diff- like all red he's got like what looks like just scars or cut marks across his face you know symmetrical to kind of I guess symbolize the grasshopper I'm not sure. And so it's like, all right, well, shit, he, put the, he puts the mask back on. It's like, well, that's fucked up. You know, what, what, I guess I look like a like a weird psychopath now. And they're like, no, you got a button on your little suit. It's fine. Once you push it, your vents kick on, your prana leaves you. And yeah, you look normal. It's fine. And then after that, he never looks like a fucking weirdo except for like one other time. And he just constantly takes the mask off. And he's like, yeah, there, there's a dude. He's just a dude again. I don't know. I, w- I wanted him to keep the mask on. Honestly, like, almost through the whole thing. If they just made sure to tell me that the mask had an air conditioning unit in there, I would never take the mask off. Just live my life in that mask. Only take. I'd go full Mandalorian at that point. Only eat when nobody's around, so I can take the helmet exactly. off and no one can see me. Exactly. <laughs> I wanted him to keep the mask on for the whole thing. Now, the great thing about that suit, though, is you don't have to eat. You absorb uh, life energy. Hey, you just eat everyone else's life. Breathe that shit in. You don't have to pee or poop. That's great. (laughs) You don't have to worry about like, oh, God, I'm going to have to unzip and take off this whole fucking costume. Oh, because you know that's a whole thing. Taking off that outfit would be a whole situation. Like, you Mm -hmm. need two people helping you, which is just awkward. Like, you're, you're... at that point, like you're dealing with the situation when you're just that intense cosplayer at a convention, and you have a whole team there just to make sure you can get everything off, use the restroom, then get everything back on. Yeah. I do want to give a shout out to Taco Iwasaki, who is the one who did the music for this movie. Because the music in this movie slaps. I was enjoying it. I loved its uh, homage to the time that it's from. Like, just, it's like musical progression like the way it uses or it's it's the best way to put it it has a very commonly used uh motif within its main themes that are very reminiscent to that those decades of uh storytelling like the 70s 80s and 90s you know uh very like reminiscent kind of like the music that you would hear from like Lupin the third from that time period I'm just going to be a basic bitch and be like, I like some of the jazzy themes and some of the punk genre themes. It's so good. Oh, dude, when it would go (laughs) punk, I loved that. I also love how, like, every time now, like, there are so many characters, I feel, that copies the idea of Spider-Man. And you see, I feel like I see that a lot with, like, Japan, too, because, like, everyone loves Spider-Man, you know? Everyone always has to have a character that has Spider-Man's abilities. Hard not to like Spider-Man. It really is. And so, like, when, like, you even see it with this, like, the spider og at the beginning, you know, with, like, his ability to web sling and all that. Except they gave him that weird thing of having, like, six arms. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> he must be an excellent hugger. Well, he had, he only ever had, like, four arms, right? He only ever had, like, two arms. No, arms, at the, you know? in his fight with uh, Common Rider, he does take out all six. 
He's got like two around the waist, two holding back the arms, and like two choking him out. Oh, okay. You know, very like sensual caressing. Yeah, as as you do. As as you do, you know, as he gives his monologue about how like murder makes him happy, so add to his happiness by just being murdered by him. Everyone is a Metal Gear Solid villain. You said that in a, a you said that like right as the movie started, and uh, it's just like, dude, you have no idea what you're in store for. <laughs> wacky animal themed you know weirdos and they all have their traumatic backstory and a weird like personality gimmick yeah that's what they have to be i love how they included k and then did nothing with k Who's k the robot that assists the ai program you know they must have really done nothing with it because i don't know who the fuck you're talking about. exactly like straight up he's just uh he's He's an autonomous AI that goes around and views the world. And he's like, he, he looks like a mix between something out of Doctor Who with uh, Ultraman as well. Like a robot with that type of design. Um, with like a dope purple suit. Like super fly uh, designer purple suit. And then just does nothing with the character. Like, and he's there for everything. He's there when every single auger, uh, augment, or whatever you want to call him, every aug dies, he's there. Ruri dies, he's there. The end of the movie, you don't know where he is, but you know he's there. Oh, okay, yeah, I had to Google him. Yeah, that guy. He just kind of stands there and looks pensively and probably says something at the death of a character. But yeah, I don't know what his purpose was. Yeah, I don't know either. Cool design, though. Great design. No purpose. Yeah, it's fine. He probably was a bigger central character in the show or something. Also, by the way, um, at the end of the movie, after, you know... Oh, we should mention that Hongo beats the bad guy by making him watch, like, a video or, like, a message left by his sister Ruriko in, like, the form of her soul trapped in, like, the mask of common writer that has some weird implications very weird implications he decides uh, not to join her though in the afterlife but ju- in, as like a program but just dies choose to just die because he's a bad person and then hongo he dies weird, he says a weird line that says i mean surely there's not enough room for the three of us because they are like the three most powerful people in the world at this point because the ultimate augment is the butterfly he is the ultimate one, but he was defeated by yeah. the two of them out of, you know, emotional logic, and they're the two strongest after him, the the grasshopper augments. I guess her plan was that she had just enough storage room in that helmet for her and her brother. And seeing as how Hongo was dying, the butterfly man was like, it's got to be you, bro. Yeah, like he wanted her to be with him. He wanted him to be with her because they were good friends. That was still really great, too, when they met up with him for the first time, and he, like, made his sister passed out, and then immediately looks at Hongo and is like, did you sleep with my sister? It's like, we don't share that. You fuck my sister, man? <laughs> we don't share that type of relationship. We're just good friends. It's just like, then you have no purpose for me. It's like, I would only deal with you if you slept with my sister. Since you haven't, you may leave. <laughs> Since you are a good gentleman. And they very, very politely, very respectfully... Slept on the floor next to each other, but facing, facing away. away. <laughs> She's even changing like good, out of her clothes lad. under a blanket into new, fresh clothes. And it's just like, don't do anything weird, okay? And he just looks at her, just like, why would you worry? Like, no. <laughs> like, just no. No. Yeah, I, I can see her having the concern, but yeah, he's like, homegirl, this is like the last thing on my mind. I'm killing people, and I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> exactly. Like, like you understand what I'm dealing with right now. So I when it comes to me, you'll have to worry about concerns, me. Much higher concerns than your titties. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot... Tempt me with sin today, Rubico. I have existentialism to tempt me today. It's called Shin Kamen Rider, not Sin Kamen Rider. (laughs) Uh, uh. 
Yeah, you know, look, babe, you know I can't have sex with you tonight. I have to have an existential crisis about my life, okay? Like, do, have you ever thought about my needs as I just stare up at the ceiling imagining the void and my own demise? Now I gotta go and headbutt the wall 50 <laughs> times. I'll be back. <laughs> That way I can uh, find my headspace again. <laughs> Helps me concentrate. Keeps oh. me level. <laughs> keeps me honest. Um, keeps me in the and moment. Then, and then, yeah, he—he he, they both die at the end of it. The brother going um, straight to hell or whatever. I don't know. Why I don't, the light. He foams away. And that's the most important part. He foams away. There you go. Just... To prove, just to show it, because there's no ambiguity, there's no, well, you didn't see a body here. No, if you see them foam, they're out! That's it! Curtain call! And <laughs> and so Hongo um, dies, but gets uploaded to the helmet. Which, dude, this is the best part. This is the best part. So, the bad guy dies saying that line, like, there's not a, I don't think there's room for the three of us. So, like, he intends for him to be with his sister so they can at least, like, have each other in that afterlife as friends. But Hongo's last request after being uploaded into the mask is for the government agents to take her, like, soul prana energy away from the mask and just lock it in its own location away from anybody. I think it's more AI than the soul and prana but yeah i'm getting some real like a black mirror flashbacks that i'm like this is this there's no version of this that ends well except except ichimonji does become the main common writer gets a dope ass new suit with a new mask with hongo in it so he can always talk to his best friend and they get to become common writer number two plus one Ooh, he- his best friend, whose legs he broke and he only knew for, like, less than a day. Yes, because they want to be Common Rider 2 plus 1. Alright, so that better be the name of the sequel movie, and the main bad guy better be that chick's AI gone fucking insane. Oh, no, the the name of the sequel he wants to make is called uh, Shin Common Rider Masker World. That's not as good as Sh- Sh- Kamen Rider 2 plus 1. 2 plus 1, which sounds like an Evangelion title. <laughs> You know what? It does. It does. Shit, Common Rider 2 plus 1. <laughs> you don't know what type of story we're about to tell here. And then the third and final movie, End of Shin Common Rider. <laughs> Three and a 33rd. Three and a 33rd. Point one five nine. Why we have fractions and decimals, I don't know. Ask the pencil pushers. I'm an artist, damn it. <laughs> Shin Kamen Rider, 3 and a 33rd, 1.559, colon, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> ah. Oh, man. <sighs> you have anything else you wanted to add on this one? I was very confused when they're in the stadium with the Batman and he brings out a bunch of people. I totally forgot people. about that happening. He brings out a parades out a bunch of people who have the science girl's exact haircut, wearing her exact jacket, and they're all facing down, so you never see their faces. I was so confused that like, are these just a army of clones of her? And I don't understand. Still, nothing's explained. They all get foamed, so I guess who cares? <laughs> but. Very confusing moment for me. I still don't understand it. Well, that, I think it's funny that the bureaucrat shot that one scorpion lady. It was just so kind of casual and just like, hey, look, an agency of, like, you know, just faceless, you know, goons that did something? Yeah. All right. They accomplished something. They sacrificed a lot of their own lives to do it, but they accomplished something. And then they got that venom from Scorpion Og so they could kill other Ogs. In case Common Rider went full bitch and couldn't kill an Og, Which, but don't worry, Common Rider could kill an Og. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're a possible Shinji stand-in, you might have a chance of going full bitch. <laughs> Just get in the goddamn mask, Shinji. <laughs> what the fucking mask on, Hongo? <laughs> oh man! All right, <sighs> so Kaz, that's me. Did you like it? Yeah. It's a fun, wacky movie. I like that some of the sound effects were like what you would expect from like the classic one. Every time he does put on the mask, you get this little like, shing kind of like sound effect that was like so 
of that time, mm. uh, as well as some other like sound and musical stingers. Ooh, that the like, close-up ooh. sound effects. Yeah. It was like real, real good. Like, ooh, wow, that's a throwback. Because, like I said, my dad used to like show us a bunch of Godzilla movies, and so some of those were just kind of like ah, ah the nostalgia wave. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's good action. It's a goofy, weird fucking movie that's a little dark and surprisingly gory. Uh, yeah, you watch it with a bunch of with a bunch of friends, and you you drink, and you're like you point and you clap at the movie going like ah look the dive kicked again uh, so yeah i had fun i uh yeah squaring yes. sir squaring yes so did you like it i did i went into this movie look the only reason i watched this movie to begin with was because uh a content creator on twitter that i know or i don't know but like i follow um named Little Karibo, just started tweeting about this movie because they finally watched it. And the amount of things they were saying about this movie and how they were comparing it to, like, how modern superhero movies are failing compared to, like, these new, like, attempts at creating, like, an actual story that just pays homage to their original concepts. I Mm. was just like, all right, fuck it. Like, let me check it out. I, I didn't even know that it was related to Shin Godzilla. Like... The Shin did not give it away at all. It wasn't until I looked up afterwards when I was looking up this Buck Wild film uh, to figure this delightful news out. I I want to see more of this, and I really hope Hideaki Anno actually just gets to go full insanity and gets the rights to a bunch of other sci-fi projects. Because I would love to see some of the American projects under this dude's uh, uh, supervision. Yeah, assuming he wants to do any of those, but yeah. God, could you imagine if he tried to do, like, a Shin Firefly? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, once again, this is already close enough. Just make the Shin Metal Gear Solid movie. <laughs> That's what it's all leading to, man. With everything, it's interconnected, and we get the ultimate villain. You get the guy who condensed a bunch of show, a whole series of a show into a fucking one like two hour movie and you give him the video game property from the guy who does 40 minute fucking cutscenes, and you just i don't even know how you meet in the middle of that one <laughs> no dude what i what i want is um i want to see what shin superman looks like oh that's right Zack snyder <laughs> tried to do that already but maybe this guy'll do it better <laughs> Yeah, I like how, like this guy on Twitter you're talking about. It was like, oh, this is why superhero movies are failing. I'm sure they're crying. Marvel's crying into its billions. <laughs> well, not failing, but like they're just not as fun as they used to be. Like we were talking about this before the podcast, eh. but like this movie was more, to me, this movie was more fun than the last like six MCU projects that have come out. You know, like yeah. this is a Long movie that is a self-contained film about its story it's not binge content like with the way we're going towards in today's like entertainment industry like this is supposed yeah, to be a movie the problem is we're just we're drowning in so many fucking marvel movies that at this point you're just kind of kind of like okay i'll see it eh, okay 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 and then every once in a while like a good one comes out and you're like oh, okay that, yeah, was, that nice. was nice and then it's back okay. to okay. There's another one. I, got the, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I don't even go see Marvel movies at theaters anymore. I didn't go see Guardians in theaters, and I didn't see any of the last stuff or Ant Man three in theaters either. Like, I don't even watch the Disney Plus shows anymore, just because like it's the first phase. There was a plan. This phase, it does not seem like there's a plan, and that's why I enjoyed this movie because everything they had planned is in this movie, and they leave it with an open ending to where like. They could do a sequel, or you could just be happy with what you got. Like, honestly, this ending, they could never do a sequel, and I will be very happy with this, how this movie ended. You know, um, I, when um, the first, uh, was it The Dark Knight? No, not The Dark Knight. Batman Begins? Mm-hmm. Was that the first Christopher yeah. Nolan one? Yeah, when that ended, and they had the whole, like, setup, and they give the calling card to the Joker, uh, I didn't think that was sequel bait. I thought... Oh wow, it's a good way to end that movie. Uh, end this movie. And again, like, and I, did, I wasn't expecting it to become a trilogy. And I was like, oh, okay, well that sucks. But did you know, he hey, even the go ended into, up, or at least the second movie? Did he even go into Batman Begins as a trilogy of films? 
I have no clue. Uh, yeah. But I thought it was just a good way yeah, to end it. Yeah, it. it is. It is. Uh, but, you know, Dark Knight came out, and it was like, oh, okay, that was good. Yeah. So. Like, Batman Begins is a great film. It's a great live-action Batman film. And, like, it had a good origin, and it was fun to watch. But then Dark Knight came out, and it was just like, how do you make a better movie like this? Yeah. But, yeah. Anyways. We could talk about superheroes all day, but the only superhero that mass uh, that matters in my heart is Common Rider Two Plus One, Masker Worlder. I don't know. <laughs> all right, Kaz, what do you got going on in your life? Well, we're back from London, Die. so we're playing games again. So I don't actually know what our itinerary is anymore because it's been forever, and I haven't had to think about it. But we play some games. I'll be back to playing. Uh, I think we're going to try sticks again with Bubs. We're both just two little uh, goblins just killing and robbing and thieving. So that's fun. Um, and then, yeah, I go back to World Ends With You, uh, Ace Attorney Chronicles, and some other stuff, I'm sure. Um, God of Boy or something like that. And then... I think it's a bit more chaotic of a schedule because we turned off some services uh, in the meantime, but it'll probably be doing Monster Hunter. Yeah, that's us. You can watch that, and you can see the listen to these podcasts live with all the dumb little mistakes and me calling out Tucker um, that he probably will edit out. No? At twitch.tv forward slash second respawn. That's number two, the letter ND, and the word respawn. No characters or spaces, anything like that. Uh, these podcasts are streamed live Fridays, 10 o'clock Central U.S. time. Solid. Solid. That was good. That was good reading. A little rusty, but I got, got there. there. And right now, uh, honestly, right, I don't have a lot going on. I'm still not streaming at the moment, so if you just want to keep up with my day-to-day stuff or whatever is going on with the podcast or just in my head, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Sir Squarin, S-Q-U-A-R-I-N. In around uh, around October, uh, the D and D program I do with Queso Cactus is going to be restarting for a new round, and I will make sure to give that information and which channels you can find me on, so you can see some of the Dungeons and Dragons stuff I do in my free time. Um, this, as uh, Kaz mentioned earlier, this podcast comes out edited on Spotify, Amazon uh, Music, Apple Podcast, and. He puts in a lot of work to make us sound a lot better than we actually do in these live recordings on Second Response Channel. Because, you know, we're idiots. He's smart. It just works that way. It's, it's true. true. So if you want to check out his stuff, you can find him on Twitter at Tucker Wins. You can find him on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv uh, forward slash Tucker underscore Wins. Or you can find his music on Spotify under Tucker Win Stanley. Ah, uh, man. There's a lot of like post wrap up stuff we always have to talk about with like socials and everything like that. But last thing, if you like what you heard, please feel free to share and let us know what you thought. If you have any suggestions or if you just want to give us your own opinion on what we watched, do it. We dare you. Give us your suggestions and we'll last minute watch another movie. And we'll last minute watch. No, we're still going to watch two of them again, Guillotine. We will watch that. Um, it's just. <laughs> okay. I. There are movies that I watch where I just know I have to watch this with my buddy Kaz as soon as possible. Yeah, I get you. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. All right, now I guess we'll do some like oohs and ahs and reactions to the amazing cover that Tucker's going to have done what? for our outro, right? Yeah. All right, all right, no. all right. Ready, ready. I'm, I literally can't. I literally. Uh, wow. wow. Dude, that's he's not... actually doing it? No, I'm not. Uh, he sounds just it, like I the don't, guy I don't, put in Japanese. I, 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 what? I don't I even speak Japanese. Right. I don't.